0: NurseDeck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today, NurseDeck is proud to be built by our collective nurse voice. Our Insiders Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna kinney Orr, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. Hi, everybody. Brianna here with another installment of our Insider Perspective interview series. Here at NurseDeck, we give nurses a place to belong to, a platform to be heard from, but most importantly, the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today. NurseDeck is built on our collective nurse voice, and today we are proud to add the voice of Lori Armstrong. Lori is a DNP-educated nurse executive with 25 years experience. She's also a thought leader, a consultant, a coach, a keynote speaker, and currently her passion lies in developing nurse leaders um, through her work as the CEO and Chief Clinical Officer at Inspire Nurse Leaders, where she blends her clinical and executive side with Lori, I'm pulling this right from your LinkedIn. And I love this line, humanity, humor, and contagious energy. Wow. I think that is just that, I want to know more about you just from that. Um, but thank you so much for doing this with us and, uh, can't wait to, to dive in with you here.
1: Well, thank you, Brianna. I am honored to be here. Really excited about it. You know, your social media is good. I'm always, every time I see a post about who you've spoken to and what the conversation was, it always pulls me in. So I'm glad to be a part of that Yay, today.
0: I know we've had some fascinating, fascinating, I mean, I'm not at the bedside anymore, but it makes me want to jump back in. <laughs> because there's so many cool things going on in nursing and just Absolutely. it's like a tree with so many branches. Yeah. Um, But tell us how you got your start in nursing. What made you decide to get into it from
1: the get go? I I am one of those people, one of those nurses who kind of always thought they wanted to be a nurse. I was a little girl and um, we had some my parents had some friends come over and they brought over little kids. I probably was about six, but um, the kid, the smaller children, two years old or so were not feeling well. And that was the first time I remember having an overwhelming desire to take care of someone wow. and, and, um, help heal them, make them feel better. Sure. And ever since then I wanted to be a nurse and there was going to be no stopping me. I, uh, at the time when I applied to nursing school, which was a long time ago, it was really, really competitive, mm-hmm. hard to get in. And I remember telling my mom. I don't care if I have to move to Alaska I'm from New York. I don't care if I have to move to Alaska, I'm gonna become a nurse. So it was yeah. a pretty strong passion.
0: That's awesome. Wow, so from six you said on, that's Yeah, that's incredible. exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and
0: I know you do a lot of work in leadership. Have you yes. always felt like you were steered towards those roles early on when you were just starting out or where does that passion come from?
1: Well, I, I had an an initial clinical interest and passion in neonatal intensive care and pediatric mm-hmm. intensive care. Always was an adrenaline dunk, junkie with the mm-hmm. ICU. Loved the pace, love the action, and um, just love making a difference in patients and families, you know, yeah. literally at their most vulnerable time in their life. Absolutely. So I love that. And I think what grew out of that, Brianna, is... A passion to help make things better like to fix stuff that wasn't broken, that was broken, (laughs) and identify things that people thought were not broken and show them how it could be done differently. That came very, very early on as a nurse. Yeah. Even I remember that's what led me to ask if I could become a charge nurse because I knew assignments, (laughs) I thought I knew anyway, that assignments (laughs) could be made better, more effectively, more supportive of the patient and family, taking into account the nurse's competency, all of that. I wanted to do it, I don't know, better, different, and mm-hmm. um, to improve the work environment. So that kind of naturally led me into leadership.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the charge nurse aspect, mm-hmm. because that comes up a lot in the conversations that I have that, you yeah. know, you're just sort of. It, the nurses that have become charge nurses in the beginning, it feels like you're sort of pushed into that role rather than like exactly, you know, someone that is is handpicked that looks like they have the characteristics of being a good leader or a manager in the beginning, you know. Well, so. Brianna,
1: you are so right. Unfortunately, it's still very common. And you mentioned my 25 years, over 25 years of experience. I was promoted they allowed me to be the charge nurse because when I went to my manager and um, shared my interest with her, she goes, "I think that would be good for you, Lori. You're the best IV starter in the NICU." Wow So my clinical skill of inserting IVs into veins apparently <laughs> made me stand out to lead people, which yes. we all know has one has nothing to do with the other, yes. but sadly clinical. Expertise still is an indicator or, or um, a pathway for mm-hmm. leadership. Yeah, and knowing that and living that gap for so many years as a as a nurse leader myself, that just kept fueling Brianna, just fueling my passion to learn more, mm-hmm. to get better as a leader. And then when the time came for me to make sure that my leaders or people I was promoting had the education, training, and experience that I didn't have, that right. I had, but I always felt like I was scratching and clawing to learn more. Yeah. So I, as I progressed up the ladder, if you will, if mm-hmm. I could use that term, very traditional I was, manager, director, service line director, executive director, and then chief nurse for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I made sure, hard as it was sometimes, I made sure that I was – providing and often bringing in external expertise to my team's team of uh, nursing and and patient care services if there were ancillary staff involved. Do
0: you find that in like if you can say a natural born leader, someone that's very self-directed, do you feel like you need that quality to become a
1: good leader or can that be taught? Well, I love your question. I, I, if I would have given you questions to ask, that would have been one of them. <laughs> because the thought that you ha- you're a na- most leaders are naturally born, mm. that actually is a barrier mm. for people who would be the most amazing leaders. Right, like yes. they fear, I'm not good at that, or that doesn't come right. naturally to me. The reality is every leader is born because mm. we're all human. Yeah, right? right. But you are, you are uh, leadership. This is how I describe it. Leadership is a set of actions and behaviors. That's what leadership is. Right. Obviously there's a more depth to it, but leadership is a, uh, is a set of evidence-based actions and behaviors Yeah, and they're all learnable. Yes. That does not mean they're easy. Some right. are easier than others. Some you might be more naturally inclined for, right? Mm -hmm. So that I was born with that skill and talent. Some of you, you're more naturally inclined, but I would argue, Brianna, that many, many leaders today in formal positions with title and authority, that's Mm. a whole other conversation, by the way, (laughs) but people who have titles and authority, they're not actually... um, leading to their fullest potential or fullest impact. Mm. In fact, they may be leading, they just need to do it more frequently in an evidence-based way. So I spend a majority of my time teaching what those leadership actions and behaviors are to leaders in all the different leaders in healthcare. And it's, it is, so exciting to watch.
2: Yeah. And someone
1: learns what those actual behaviors are and can go to work the next day or the next week and start, start demonstrating them. The dial moves on a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things improve when, once a leader learns them.
0: Interesting. So a leader is not so much who you are innately. It's what you do that is entirely something that can be taught and learned just like anything else in nursing school.
1: 100 100% anybody wants to argue that with me i welcome that conversation <laughs> because it's you know based on over 40 or 50 years of research whether yeah. you follow Brené Brown yeah. Simon Sinek my yeah. uh, mentor um Dr Barry Posner um and his colleague Jim Kuse have studied this and validated these behaviors yeah. over and over again and you know as a leader um you know, leadership, you said something so profound about what you do, you know, leadership becomes who you are. Mm. And, and, and yes, it comes out in what you do, but it just becomes who you are because great leaders, Brianna, know what is important to them and Mm -hmm, know what they stand for. Mm -hmm. And then when they share that, like if you value integrity as a leader, yeah, and you value innovation or curiosity, or you value teamwork. Mm-hmm. That and you live and breathe that every day. That's who you are as a leader. Yeah, and that's what makes other people follow you. Absolutely, I'm. It's the making that, sense of the the leaders that I've worked with in my
0: career, and just they don't command things through a, authoritarian okay. ways. They inspire people to follow them and want to be more like them because of these core
1: beliefs. Like exactly. you, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the data is pretty compelling. I know that I'm a I'm a dork about leadership data. Like when all my I'm reading a leadership textbook or one of my leadership journals, my husband's like, Lori, (laughs) can you like just once in a while read a fiction book, you know? I'm like, no, this is like my people magazine. I have to read it. it." Can't get enough. But the data (laughs) is the impact of a of a leader knowing who they are and what they stand for mm-hmm. is, is so compelling Brianna because it's bi-directional. So if, if you as a leader, like I went on the, looking at the community, the nurse deck website, mm-hmm. it's very clear about who mm-hmm. Nurse deck is, Yeah, who they are, what their mission is, what their services are. Right. Mm-hmm. And when a person is clear in that, they benefit from that because yeah. you feel like you're you're clear on mm-hmm. your purpose in this life, right? Yeah. So it gives you sense of well-being. There's even data about people who are clear on what's important to them as leaders, they're happier, yeah. right? They know their purpose. Yep. And what that translates into in a leader role in a hospital, say. Mm-hmm. Productivity is three times higher. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah. Patient satisfaction is higher. Mm-hmm. All the turnover that we're having, if nurse leaders were better prepared, educated, and trained, and most importantly, supported mm-hmm. in their leadership, turnover would plummet. Yeah. The, d- the data is very clear.
0: I I can imagine that is true because, I mean, I know it's true if you say it's <laughs> um, <laughs> evidence-based, but what I mean by that is I, I feel like a leader is in it with you versus yes. a manager is like telling you what to do. And you're like, exactly easy for you to say from your office where you never put right. on the unit, you know?
1: Right. Um, and, like, you know, when you, have a leader. When you're you're the most important relationship for any nurse is their direct supervisor. That could be an assistant manager, a manager. Hopefully if someone has a really great, energetic and very engaged and visible CNO, mm-hmm. that person inspires others. Mm-hmm. And what the data shows, this is my I love this data point so much. Of course, the CFOs love the three times productive data point. Mm-hmm. But my favorite data point is actually, Brianna. If I am a very um, engaged leader and I know what I'm clear on uh, and what I value, and my team mm-hmm. knows that, my team actually has a stronger sense of their purpose. yeah. They have a stronger they feel like they're making a bigger difference because okay. of how the me as a leader behavior. behaves. I mean, that's just incredible to me. And it also is when you're in a leader role, it, it tells you how much responsibility you bear.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 Right.
1: Well, it's pretty cool stuff. That is
0: cool. I just love the sentence, my favorite data point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell us a little bit more about your journey. I know you mentioned um, being in the NICU and that's when sort of the light bulb started going off in terms of leadership, but Walk us through the stepping stones that led you to you know becoming CNO and then on to nurse entrepreneurship.
1: Sure, of course. So um I after my charge nurse orientation, which was pretty scary, a few of my colleagues thought they had to haze me. Um, my first shift of charge nurse unacceptable. Um, so i the next step was to assistant nurse manager, and i I just loved leadership. I loved being there for my colleagues. I loved being able to help patients and their families just always, have yeah. and watching the impact that nurses had when they lay hands on patients and families that kind of fueled me to be, keep learning and keep growing. Yeah. So as I um, progressed in role in title, assistant mm-hmm. manager, manager, director, I knew I needed to formally learn more. I could go to classes and workshops. They're great. But I felt like I needed the, I needed the credentials. Sure. Right. So I went back for my master's degree. It was half in the nursing school. I remember and half in the um, MBA program. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Business school. Oh my God. My first accounting course was not pretty, Brianna. (laughs) It was not pretty. I actually had no grade on my midterm. That mean, mean professor wrote, this is ugly. Oh. My yeah, I still, don't like him. I still don't like him, and that was 20 years ago. But yeah. it, it's a it, very it, descriptive critique. Yes. <laughs> um, and it reflected the gap that I, as a nurse leader and been a nurse leader for 10 years, had in one of those required competencies, which is business skills or financial acumen. Yeah. So it kind of reinforced my, what keeps fueling me is the gap in what nurse leaders are yeah. prepared to be responsible for. Right, right. So, right, right. um, once I finished my master's degree, um, you know, I, I just, I believe this very strongly. The, this is a great saying. The best leaner leaders are the best learners. Ah, I love right. That. The best yeah. leaders are the best learners. So, yes. um, all. Obviously, as a nurse, we need to be lifelong learners. We need mm-hmm. to stay on top of our practice, but it's no different for leaders. Mm-hmm. You always have to learn and grow so you could be the best for your teams. Yeah. So I went on and became certified. And then the um, DNP became more and more popular. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a terminal degree, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted a terminal degree, and I'm not a researcher.
2: Mm-hmm, hmm
1: believe very strongly in advancing the science of nursing. I saw nurse deck believes the same thing. So Mm -hmm. we all have to contribute to the science of nursing, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a PA, I'm not a researcher. Right, right. Um, So getting the terminal degree was important for me for two reasons. One, so I can continue to learn, Mm -hmm. right? And get the highest level of education in nursing that I could, Mm -hmm. executive nursing practice. And it's it very, very important for any leader to model the way for their teams.
0: Mm-hmm. Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from NurseDeck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community. Score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nurse to join in today. We'll see you there.
1: So if I was asking every nurse to advance their knowledge and certification, right? Mm-hmm. They be certified, I will provide that those resources for the team. If you had a baccalaureate degree, consider a master's master's Mm -hmm. doctor. So I had to model the way. Yeah. So I got my um, doctorate and learned so much about the broader picture of healthcare and systems thinking. Yes. And I felt it really, really qualified me, or at least supported my efforts in making more and more change at a system level as a system chief nurse. So it was fantastic. And then I'm telling you a long story, Brianna. No, this is good. I love it. I hope no one's sleeping out there. Um, (laughs) That um, I had the opportunity to go to Harvard's executive education program when I was a chief nurse at Kaiser Permanente. Mm -hmm. And if you talk about a aha moment, if you will, or a light bulb going off, that's Mm -hmm. where everything just exploded for me. Wow. And it was of course not it was not um specific to healthcare. This was executive leadership being taught by people like um Amy Edmondson, the author, you know, the the lead, the thought leader of psychological safety. She was our program director. Wow.
0: Incredible. And to
1: learn from people like her, it just yeah first of all, opened up my mind, Yes, Um, but it opened up uh, for me, a lot of doors and a lot of ideas. And that's really where about a year after that, I decided to leave my, you know, coveted CN chief nurse executive role, which I loved, and I'm honored to have served Mm -hmm. in that role for so long, but to have the courage to open up my own company, inspire nurse leaders. And I say, you know, opened up my mind. I believe every nurse has the opportunity to make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And when I say the biggest difference, it's every day, mm-hmm. you never know what impact you have on a patient. Absolutely. And their family, they'll never forget you. Yes. I think we forget that because we do it every day. Yeah. And especially the frontline today, they're tired, exhausted, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We, I encourage every nurse to know their value and to try to right. Reflect back on that. Um, but also that you get to make a difference. You are so amazingly educated, like Mm -hmm. no other discipline, right. Um, to have the courage to step out and try new things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh,
0: such an important point. I have a few follow-up questions to so many of the things that you said. Um, but I, I, to your last point, I love that you said about that because I think so many of these conversations I have, when you ask nurses how they got their start, I would say ninety percent of them name a nurse in their history. It was this one nurse, and oh, she. Wow. I can picture her face. I yep. have been for forty years. You know, I I love those stories because it just drives your point home about you know you may have a million patients or not not a million but hundreds of patients that you take care of, you know, that have had their gallbladder out, but to that one person, it's the one time they're ever going to do that. And the nurses that can remember that and come from that place of, of care, it's, those are the ones you remember.
1: Um, Right. And I, and in these hard times, connecting back to your purpose and your passion is absolutely critical. In fact, um, inspire my company. We are spending a lot of time right now helping in an evidence-based way, of course, mm-hmm. helping teams of nurses reflect back, look backwards, mm-hmm. look backwards. Why did you become a nurse reconnect yeah. with your purpose and passion? We do that from some, through some imagery and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then we spend some time talking about the damn last two years. Yeah. It's right. been brutal Yeah, it's been life altering, life changing. It's been traumatic. And we spend time addressing that. And then we purposefully, Brianna, help nurses across the country start to look forward and develop a path going forward, whatever that path may be. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, that addresses everything. Like, remember why you got in here? Acknowledge that the last two years were a show. Yes. And then, you know, we're all feeling that pain, but we're all in it together. And then keep the mind moving forward, because there are things to hope for. I mean, that's like the
1: of inspiration, I think, right? No, Um, you're exactly right. Yeah. You know, when I'm doing when I'm doing quality improvement work, I always tell the group's hope is not a strategy, right? right? You really have to identify how you're going to make these changes. Mm -hmm. But in terms of longevity, and sustainability of mm-hmm. nurses and nurse leaders. Hope is absolutely essential. Yeah, um, I Because agree. without it, there's nothing to look forward to and all none yeah. of us can afford that.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Do you find that being at the executive level, like in the C-suites, Do you have? Is it harder or different, or do you change your strategies or approaches when you're a leader amongst leaders, Mm -hmm. or when you have, you know, teams of bedside nurses? And I and I get we have we all have these leadership qualities within us that can be brought out. But do you
1: find that you have to modify um, Mm -hmm. the way that you lead? Well, I think that's a great question, and you know, the reality is you have to know your audience. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm sitting at an executive board meeting, I may use, you know, different words, right? And try right, right. to maybe even stand up a little taller. I don't know. <laughs> the power power. However, Rihanna, a couple of points that I I would really underscore for anyone listening to this, as a leader, mm-hmm. always, always be yourself. Never betray who you are. Mm-hmm. And what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And as a ch- I'll speak from a chief nurse executive mm-hmm. perspective, chief nurses and even senior directors on some, you know, complex teams, you will often find yourself as the only clinician in right. the room, certainly yeah. as a chief nurse. And for me, knowing what you value. And I always, I work with leaders across the country in and outside of healthcare, clarifying their values. Mm-hmm. Five values. I put them through this whole hour long exercise. I don't negotiate. They're only allowed to have five very important values. They fight with me every time. But they do. <laughs> um, five, and when you know who you are and what you stand for, and that guides your decisions that you make, mm-hmm. you're, you're always yourself. And when yeah, you're right. yourself, that's the authenticity of you as a leader. Yes. That's what increases one of the big components of increasing your influence on other people. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, for example, one of my top um, core values is family. Mm -hmm. So, Brianna, if I don't live and breathe family when I'm making decisions, and I'll boil it down to the most simple uh, Mm -hmm. example. So we all know the um, uh, total isolation that patients felt when, during COVID. Yeah. So me, if family is important to me as a chief nurse and as a leader, was I pay, paying attention to the visitation policy? Was I making sure that every nurse had some kind of technology to collect, right. connect patients with their families? Did I champion bringing at least one visitor back? That's when you are an authentic leader because right. you know who you are and yeah. what you stand for. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Uh, absolutely. Instead of,
0: I, and I think that's a major complaint from bedside nurses yep. looking at leadership is like, well, last week you said this, and now this week, this is important. But yeah, if you have someone that is authentic and sincere, like you, you they have your back,
1: you know, you know, you well, A 100% them. and couple things, you know, there's been so much erosion in trust. Yes there were, you know, trust was eroding in healthcare before the pandemic, but then, when the pandemic hit, you know, we were at all time new. And one of the reasons was things were changing so quickly. So as a chief nurse or a hospital leader, you were saying one thing at 9am and then at noon, for reasons outside of your control, things were changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the message may stay the same, the decision may stay the same, but how you deliver it, yeah. And how often you communicate and where you are when you're communicating it. It's mm-hmm. okay for leaders to say, you know, I'm frustrated just like you are. We right. told you about whatever N95s you're supposed to wear at nine. And now yep. at 12, I'm telling you, we don't, we don't right. have enough. So you have, you know, all of those yep. things experience, but being honest about it. Yes. That takes <laughs> skill think- and it takes confidence. Yes. So
0: uh, to have someone say, I don't know. I mean, in nursing, you learn that in
1: nursing school. I don't know, but I'll go find out. I'll find the answer. I mean, and some leaders, especially less experienced leaders that haven't been in, you know, been uh, having certain experiences, they feel like they have to know everything. They mm-hmm. need all the answers. And in fact, it's the opposite. Right. Because when you show your vulnerability to your team around you, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, he, he's human. She's human. He's right. being straight with me. I yeah. like this person. Right. I'm going to follow this person. It's believable. Yeah. <laughs> right. yep. And the only other thing I would say is, and I—I I, um, this is another thing I don't negotiate on. And when uh, executives tell me they can't do it, I work with them to show them how they can do it, Mm -hmm. is never lose sight of where the work is being done. Never, Mm -hmm. never, never. So, for me as a chief nurse, hardwiring at least four hours a week in scrubs on Mm -hmm. the floors with the team was not negotiable for me. Right. Wow. And many teams, directors on up roll their eyes and say, Lori, that can't happen here. Mm -hmm. Well, when you do it in big academic medical centers, Mm -hmm. I challenge the status quo of that's kind of where you should be. Right. And the value of that to the frontline staff, you know, Brianna, one of the biggest complaints, I'm sure you've heard it, that they don't see their leaders. Right. Exactly. It's It's. you know, getting sucked up in the vortex of meetings and everything. There's lots of reasons that leaders are less visible. However, the value of visibility,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's, it's, it's part of how you communicate with your teams. Yeah. Never. For me being on the floors, at least once a week, Mm -hmm. it helped me make better decisions the entire week because of what I saw and what I heard. Yeah. And I love, did you
0: say you put on scrubs too? Oh, yes.
1: Because <laughs> I, I feel like we
0: would see some of our nursing leadership come down and say, like, I my background's all in the ER. So they'd be like, here, I'll transport your patient in my yes. four-inch heels and my suit. Exactly. And I'm thinking like, you should really put on an isolation, you know, just. I you know, know. I get what you're trying to do, but it's just let me do it. Right. <laughs> like, just go exactly. slow me down.
1: <laughs> Now, I do like my shoes. However, um, no disrespect to shoes, but it's it's, right like you said, the visibility of. Yeah. And it, yeah. In a different light. And it's, it's not, it's certainly not meant to be disingenuous. Like I want to look like you. Like I tell them at most I can be your nursing attendant. Right. I will help you. I will do anything, but I, you know, I'm very clear about what I no longer am competent to do, but I'm yeah. here to help. I'll empty yeah. the garbage if you need me to. I'll help you turn yeah. a patient, not a pro. You know that's what I'm here for. I want to yeah. look. I want to understand the work. That's my job. I mean, that's
0: like the street cred of nursing. If you're going to go, you're saying you're going to empty my Foley bag and record the output. Like I'll love you forever because oh, I have many other things I really need to do before I do that. But I mean, it's it, it that Incredible. really does. It's, it's it doesn't have to be overly complicated to win people's confidence in you um
1: no and it's a and it's not a one-time you know right. leaders need to earn respect yeah. and it's not yeah. just a, i always talk about it like a bank account yeah right? Right. The, the earning trust and credibility is a bank account and you have to make deposits and keep making deposits exactly yeah and if you miss a deposit it's okay right but tell people you missed, you know, you misspoke, or I'm sorry, I haven't been here in two months. This is, you know, X, Y, and Z has been going on. Right. Communicate that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We've touched a little bit on inspire nurse leaders. Can you walk us through clearly what the mission is, the vision, who joins
1: you, what, what they get out of it? Um, it sounds so intriguing. Well, it's been another honor of my life. First, being a nurse, and then getting to lead large teams has been just an honor. And um, I'll give you the elevator speech Brianna, okay. <laughs> because it took. I'm not. I'm very verbose. You may have known that already. I'm hard for me to write those words, but no, it's good. You know, it's a passion we coming help. Through. We help nurse leaders become their best by increasing their capacity, their capability, and their skill. Mm-hmm. So that they can achieve better outcomes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for nurse leaders, those better outcomes can be for themselves and their strength as a leader, mm-hmm. their um, outcomes of their team, like there's higher engagement, and then patient and family outcomes. Because when nurse right. leaders are strong, their teams are stronger, the frontline has what they need to do their very, very best. Exactly. So patient safety improves, productivity improves, all of that. So that's what we get to do. Yeah. We have a great big vision of reaching every nurse leader by the year 2030. Wow. So I've we've only got uh, well, we have a good, good amount of time left. Right. We yep. have seven and a half years, probably. And we are working as fast as we can doing it. We, uh, you know, God put this notion in my head to create this company. Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel very strongly that I I'm very well aware that I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. My purpose is to educate, train and support coach nurse leaders mm-hmm. and having my own company versus as a chief nurse. There's no more. The walls are gone. Yeah. We can go everywhere. Yes. So the company, even though we started a year before the pandemic, we are scaling as fast as we can, Brittany. Yeah,
2: right, right. We're
1: in organizations across the country. Um, and we are, we're very clear not only on our mission, mm-hmm. our vision, and our values. We want yeah. to advance the science of nursing. We want to challenge the status quo. Mm-hmm. We want to help nurse leaders know their value Mm-hmm. and never settle for anything less yeah so yeah. we're very clear we have about um eight values on our website i am um, we teach values all day long every day so you have to you know practice what you what you preach and you <laughs> teach so i would i hope some of the people listening will go on the website
0: yep absolutely uh, we'll provide all those those links as well great.
1: We spend the majority of our time Inspire Nurse Leaders. Um, We've grown to a team of about eight. We're about to onboard a couple more folks, so really excited about that. But we have about a group of eight. And we, we focus our work, we spend most of our time in three distinct areas. First and foremost, we are a group of nurse coaches Mm -hmm. So we've walked in the shoes of managers. We've walked in the shoes of directors and we've walked in the shoes of chief nurses Mm -hmm. and we match whichever role and need of the client with the proper coach. So I don't want to sound cliche, but where everything we do and build is by nurse leaders for nurse leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of coaching. We do a lot of team development. So when I spoke earlier about helping teams of nurses, you know, a, reconnect with their purpose and yeah. passion and then start looking forward. Mm-hmm. We do a significant amount of that work in hospitals across the country. It's typically okay. a full, full day retreat with some follow up. Gotcha, that was my next question. It's, yeah. It's so powerful.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And you said you started the year before the pandemic.
1: Yes, crazy <laughs> timing.
0: Yeah. So let's, um, we're going to circle back and talk some more about your company, but just looking at starting this right before the pandemic, um, if you could touch on a major change in healthcare as a result of the pandemic um, that you've seen come about or that you think needs to come about, it could be leadership related or not, Um, but how has it impacted you as an executive leader or an entrepreneur? Uh, right. A broad question, but we get right. such varied answers to this because there's, of course, so many things that have yes. changed.
1: Um, well, but let's you, you. I was already, you know, had started the company and uh, Brianna, we were busy from day one. I
0: bet, I bet. Which,
1: which okay, great. Lori, you're great and wonderful. It okay. had nothing to do with that. The gap is so big in nursing what hospital yes. needs that we were busy right away. Wow. Um, and maybe there's a small percentage of, you know, Lori, you're, you know, you're, you're pretty good.
0: Anyway, <laughs> but
1: the gap is so big, we were happy to fill the gap. And then when the pandemic hit, everything stopped. And I will tell you, I am a nurse to the core and I couldn't sit home. Yeah. Right. My um previous organization, Kaiser Permanente, called and asked if I would consider coming back, particularly for the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, right. And I, I couldn't say no. Plus, I was jumping through my skin. I'm so used to being in the middle of everything. Right. My husband was packing my bags. He was happy. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I think I'm telling you this story that I went back for several months um back into the role because The dramatic changes in the emotional well-being and mental health of frontline staff and nurses mm-hmm. was so palpable and dramatic to me. Yes, yes, yeah. Number yes. one, wanted to help, but I wanted to experience it. Wow, right? Yeah. You can, you know, I can be the best teacher, educator, coach if I can relate. That's my belief. Yeah, and I think the biggest change is, you know, we all. You know the numbers pre-COVID for anxiety, depression, suicide ideation, yep. um, disengagement in nursing. The numbers were rising.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: However, that to me is the absolute biggest impact. Right. When I, I get chills saying that, but I, I want to be clear here. Um, certainly, you can't go a week without seeing something about resilience, mental health, and well-being mm-hmm. in, in healthcare and in mm-hmm. nursing. But what I believe is what it's highlighted is the gap that rem- still exists in the organization. Like, if an organization or a system says mental health and well being is important right. and they support their groups, how successful and effective are your programs of support? Right. Because I believe we have not figured that out in healthcare right. across the country. Yeah. So, how do you operationalize well being? how do you operationalize that to nurses who are working, you know, 12, 14 hours a day in understaffed conditions, um, with, uh, um, incivility in the workplace, being afraid for their physical safety, not just their, uh, psychological safety. So we have not cracked that nut yet. And so the highlight of it, The focus on mental health has been the biggest change from my perspective. However, the work is in front of us. We've not, we've not cracked that nut. And I'm working with teams across the country to unpack that. And I'm hoping to be able to impact it, of course, hospital to hospital, but also maybe advance Mm -hmm. the science behind it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so good to hear because a lot of the nurses that we hear from, um, that we talk to, they say, you know... Just like everything else, feels in nursing, the the whole aspect of self care and mental health and well being feels like it was another responsibility added to our plate that we just personally right. to take care of. And a lot of nurses now are saying, "No, I'm only going to work somewhere where I feel that that's important to the institution that I'm literally giving my blood, sweat, and tears to."
1: Um, exactly
0: right, it, and I applaud.
1: Right. I applaud those nurses. I yeah. applaud. Them.
0: And um, I think very know, we, slowly it's shifting. And I love that there's, you guys are out there looking at it from the other side saying we're, we're working on it.
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you one sad example of it is we had a whole group of nurses that we were helping them define daily behaviors mm-hmm. that will result in um, better well-being health and well-being on a daily basis. This was mm-hmm. a group of nurse leaders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's identify the 10 behaviors for the environment, cultural norms, unit mm-hmm. norms that will result in a healthier work environment. Absolute struggle. First group of 10 couldn't could couldn't come up yeah. with. Much. Brought in another group of 10, still a, pretty much a blank, big post-it paper. Wow. And they had to call timeout as the facilitator and the teacher said, okay, what is the what is the trouble? Right. They did a good they did a fantastic job defining what teamwork looks like, what right. respect looked like. Health and well-being couldn't do it. They said, Lori, no one has ever asked us. Right. To define yeah. I mean, I, it was such a right. uh, just a sobering moment that we're working with people in healthcare yes right. us to define it for ourselves. Right. You know, so what's good, that's for a good us. point? And and so as you get to actually daily or weekly behaviors,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: truly mean I'm going to be healthier and I'm right. going to be more mindful and people care about my well being, whether it's yeah. physical or psychological, that's, that's the work that has to be done. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's resonates so strongly uh, yeah. hearing yeah. that. And I can just, I mean, you painted a perfect picture. I can picture that like, easel board of the like throw out some ideas everybody but the message we're given a lot of the time at least in like the noise of social media is self-care is different for everybody but yeah i mean maybe you like a manicure you like a bubble bath but that's not really self-care when we're talking about mental health more into vlogs than pods you can also watch these interviews check out nurse stack on youtube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses just search nurse stack on youtube to find us and get watching
1: that is exactly right and most of they did get there they identified actually i believe 12 Oh great! <laughs> for them as a big team, yeah, and we're about to start rolling them out at wow. one particular organization. And I'll tell you that starting with very basic things make a big difference. Right, right. So even just this is—it's almost embarrassing to say because Brianna, when you talk about it with other industries or disciplines, they're like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like not if somebody is off at their day off or on vacation don't call them with right. questions and don't call them to come in 16 different times yeah that yeah. inability to turn your brain off as a right. nurse and a nurse leader it's invaluable and we many organizations and I'm guilty of it in my past right. so sure. I'm, not, I'm not shy to confess how I yep. used to do things previously we don't let people rest and we right. have to rest. Yes, And that's just one example.
0: Yeah, Honestly. it's fun. I was just speaking to someone who is an, a nurse executive at a large hospital and she kept holding up. She's like, it's my bat phone, you know, it's my day off but I have my bat phone. And I just kept thinking like, the pressure you must be under at all times. I mean, God bless you, but also like,
1: I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole because I, I just, I can't even imagine. And Brianna, I mean, I you, I'm sure you've heard this on your um, on the podcast before by other people you've spoken to, but the guilt, right? Right, people, right, right. They know the department or unit is short staffed, yes. right? But they want to be at home and they need to be at home. Yes. And when they're at home, they feel guilty. You know, they right. feel guilty when they're at work. They feel guilty they're not at home, and when they're at home, they feel guilty. And that right. guilt chronic guilt mm-hmm. over time has an impact oh I, yeah you know, then i think that the narrative has changed mm-hmm. but the sustenance or the the meat under that has not changed right yet. Yeah. in many in many organizations right. i don't wanna, i don't want to make a blanket statement but yeah. the narrative is it's got to start somewhere so the narrative right. has changed but how to operationalize that we've a long way to right.
0: go right that's the missing link right now. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Let's talk about current working conditions for nurses. I mean, we've, nursing is just in the news right now. You can't scroll too far in your feed without seeing some article about working conditions for right. nurses. Right. And of course, you know, the travel nurse situation and nurses like leaving for greener pastures because they should, <laughs> right. they know their worth. Do um, right. you feel like the tide is is shifting as in terms of of working conditions or, or hospitals catching up to nurses, sort of Mm -hmm. having these aha moments, like there's 4 million of us and not 4 million of you. So, you know, realizing their power really.
1: I, I, I want to say it's beginning to shift. I don't think we've made the, we haven't made a big enough shift yet. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think hospitals have, um equilibrated to the travel nurse changes. Right. Sure. I think that Brianna, I think that nursing in general demographics have changed. In right. general. So travel nursing significant impact, the whole gig workforce, exactly the gig right. economy and nursing. Yep. Many places are still reeling and trying to figure out what that means. And right. and I believe many people believe that it's not going to be long-term right. that as right. the demand decreases because of the COVID waning, if mm-hmm. it is going to wane, um, that it will, we'll kind of get back to some, we're going to get back to closer to normalcy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do know that everyone is acutely aware of the demographics in terms of people's willingness to be mobile. Mm-hmm of people's willingness, you kind of mentioned it before, voting with their feet, mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. vote with their feet for two main reasons. One is they're not being paid enough,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I agree with. Nurses, mm-hmm. you know, we held up the world. I still see that picture of a nurse. Yeah, I know exactly the one you mean, yep. And I'm prouder than ever to be a nurse, but we held up the world. Um, our compensation has to reflect that and it's not there yet. I think we've made some progress in certain pockets in certain organizations, but the demographics of also people willingness and intent to leave the profession. Right. Very serious and um, we've yet to um, realize the toll that all that's gonna happen, it's gonna settle out. So um, I focus on, uh, you know, if I had a magic wand, Brianna, and I'm going to say something controversial. The fir- if I had a magic wand, the first thing I would not, I would not address compensation as the first thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So whoever's listening and watching this, do not hang up. Let me finish.
2: <laughs>
1: because s- the current way we staff and the staffing model must change, Yeah, must be addressed. And you know, right. we're all reading about some innovations that are taking place and research and and grants that are funding, uh, assessing safe staffing models, Mm -hmm. but staffing must change because that is the biggest driver of people leaving. I agree.
0: I think people just want to enjoy their work again instead of Uh, feeling like they just have to make it through the day and make it through the
1: shift. Make it through the
0: day and
1: while you're driving home, reflect back on what you didn't get to finish Mm -hmm. or the big you knew that you could have provided better care, but Mm -hmm. you did literally didn't have enough hands and feet to do. Exactly. And you know, so my magic wand would absolutely address the staffing model first and foremost. Right. And I encourage nursing speaking up always, participating in the staffing committees and Mm -hmm. trying to drive that change. Sadly, it's not going to be fixed. Um, you can't snap a finger and fix it, but we must, we must not settle for anything other than different staffing models. I don't know what that different is, but it must be different because the current models haven't worked ever. And now we have a burning platform to fix them.
0: Yes, I agree. No, I, I agree with you because I think compensation will become less important nurses get into nursing because they want to be a nurse they like being a nurse i mean it pays well also but the driving force i think is just this if you ask any nurse i mean especially the new ones coming in they're excited to be a nurse and they should be and i don't want to
1: kill their wonderful spirits (laughs) well and (laughs) i love love the way you say that their spirits and um compensation is, has never been a long-term strategy for Mm -hmm. engagement and retention. It's important. So that might be the next thing I fix with my magic wand. but we've got to fix the frontline staffing model. And then last but not least is the chronic lack of or ineffective leadership development and training. Mm -hmm. No longer is Um, on the job training acceptable if you are going to be leading people yeah
0: right right you
1: are an assistant nurse manager and Brianna my heart is honestly with the frontline clinical leader so assistant manager in most cases sometimes they have a man you know manager title Mm -hmm. but that's where the rubber meets the road we need people leading the clinical units and it's my passion we're doing a lot of group coaching of assistant managers inspire (laughs) nurse leaders is Mm -hmm. and is it's a joy to do it it's a joy to help people learn and grow
0: right i mean aside from from people looking up and being coached with you guys which would i think would be like the ultimate (laughs) dream what can the healthcare industry do to help inspire, support, boost the morale of these leaders like you said, where the rubber meets the road because you're right, they're at the crux of of importance
1: right now. Um, I think think healthcare, if you look through the lens just of of leadership development, I think hospitals everywhere are at an inflection point. And if Mm -hmm. they're not, if they don't recognize that's where they should be, I am asking them to consider this as an inflection point and to take stock of the quality Mm -hmm. um, and the quantity of their leadership development that's offered. Yeah. And I'm going to go one step further. Nurse leaders have the most complex role out of any leader in the hospital. You know, I always define it like this, Brianna, when you're working in quality, you're focused on quality every day. When you're yeah. in finance, the CFO and their team, you're mm-hmm. focusing on finance every day. HR, yeah. people stuff. The nurse leader works on quality, then people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: HR, yeah. finance, then right. the patient experience. I mean, yep. and clinical. So you see a nurse leader has the broadest array of competencies right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they have a unique role that requires mm-hmm. unique development, leadership development. Yeah, so right. while I respect all my colleagues, if they're leaders in EBS or they're yeah. leaders in facilities, I'm happy to go to a general leadership class with them. I'll learn, yeah. we'll learn together and we'll learn from each other, but yeah. nurse leaders deserve unique nurse specific education and training.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And, and I so
1: yeah so um i i i i ask that h r leaders throughout the country I ask hospital leaders throughout the country, and I give courage to chief nurses across yes. the country to consider this if an inflection point,
0: yeah, I feel like that's great advice- I can feel like the the people nodding along right now that are in those roles that are like finally someone sees me um. Because I mean, it's like a broader stroke of of the nursing brush. We, as a nurse, you do so many different jobs willingly. So, of course, as a nurse leader, you're you're already primed for that too. But to not be um, supported in the in that that unique role, as you said, is is definitely a hole. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, yeah, finding a way in to, to help support those nurse leaders right. is so important. Um, and you're right. you
1: know. And always getting um, funding and financing for these types can be challenging, certainly as hospitals recover from the financial impact and financial toll of the pandemic. But you can always start small, even bringing in new Nurses Week speakers and teachers. Looking at group coaching is more affordable. And I Mm -hmm. work with teams all the time, Brianna, my team and I work with people who say, We need this and this is our budget, or we need this and we right. don't know how to ask. Send, right. you know, go to the, um, the website. There's a um, contact us page. Give me your name uh, and contact information. We would be happy to help you all. Yeah. Right. And and you, you guys are on a mission. <laughs> <whether> <laughs> it's we are. I got that number to get to by 2030. But yeah. If it's not inspire nurse leaders who Helps you. We are happy to guide you
0: yeah i mean it really is the the foundation for retention if you belong to a team that you feel like so a part of you're not leaving them for nothing you know they become
1: family and part of what.
0: yep exactly And that even when i left the bedside was becoming rarer and rarer i mean i when i started on my unit it was like nurses that had been there for their whole careers like 30 (laughs) years and when i left it was like I went out on maternity leave and came back and it's like all new faces in the span of three months. It's like, no, where
1: are my people? You know, exactly. And, um, you know, the hospital of course, um, has ownership in that, but leaders drive culture. Yes. yes, Drive like 85% of the culture. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're here to help. Amazing.
0: Well, lastly, um, you know, nurse we're huge on community. We talk about it Uh, endlessly. (laughs) (laughs) Can you um, share your thoughts on community, um, you know, nursing communities, whether they're virtual or or belly to belly and the importance that they have?
1: Um, Community is critical. And when I talk about people often ask me, Lori, what's the sharpest tool in your toolkit over (laughs) the years? Right. And, you know, maybe one would think Harvard was it or getting my doctorate. My network and my community yeah, is yeah. what grounded me, what supported me, and actually pushed me yeah. to do more or learn more. So I I Brianna, I have chills saying this to you because yeah. I reflect back on the people mm-hmm. that have been with me. We've been there for each other throughout um, our journey and leadership. And through organizations like nurse deck, it's so much easier these days. I don't want to sound old, but it's so much easier these days to connect. And I encourage everyone, if you don't, if you're not within some type of community, search one out. It's very easy. Click Mm -hmm. away on the nurse deck website. If you're, if you don't have a mentor, get a mentor. Now, now, Mentor is easier for some of us who might be a little bit more, um, I guess, shy and Mm -hmm. not, you know, an introvert. Right. Um, So it's one on one. It might feel a little safer if you're not if you don't have one, get one. Mm -hmm. And if you are not a mentor, become a mentor.
2: Yeah. Right. That's
1: how community starts. You can start small, but having a um, community of nurses gives you people immediately um, it's a support group and it's a thought group mm-hmm. and we're better together. You know, mm-hmm. that cliche we're better together and there's strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Brianna, you mentioned earlier that we're 4 million strong. Let's make, build our communities and connections. Will our influence will yes. explode.
0: Yes. love that. Well, this has been another one of those conversations that has given me on the one hand so much to think about, but on the <laughs> other hand, like, I feel like I just want to jump out of my seat and like, I have so much to do. <laughs>
1: well, awesome. It's been a pleasure, Brianna. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: We always love to let our guests um, leave off with a message or advice or, or what have you um, to the nurses that are listening right now. Um, Cause everyone has such a different Um, perspective on that. And
1: we would love to hear your thoughts if you have anything for, for our audience. Well, I think that I would say in general, and we talked about it already, know your value. Know your value. Yeah. And use your voice. Yes. To Make a bigger impact when you have when you know your value,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you trust in your value, you have more confidence and your voice is stronger. Um, yeah, don't let anybody say no to you. If someone says no to you, if you're trying to make a difference at work at the hospital, there's always another door. Yeah. Have have courage and yeah. have faith in nursing, right? I yeah. And I want to encourage all of you to live a life of leadership. Leadership is not a title. It's Mm -hmm. not a role. And I I know like I know my name that every nurse is a leader. Every nurse. Think about how your patients and their family looks at you with their eyes. You're leading the share of their most prized commodity. You are a leader and I want you to lead a life of leadership. And what that means is always learning and growing on how to increase your influence yeah. you're a nurse yeah. <laughs> you can do anything
0: i anything. love it i love it that's like direct medicine for the existential crisis that so many nurses feel yeah. like they're just a number and just a body filling a role i mean that is the exact truth to what nursing
1: is and thank you for putting that so beautifully and so powerfully well, um, you're welcome. And anyone who's watching or listening, if you're having a little moment of your courage is down or you're not sure you're worth, send me an email, <laughs> connect with me on LinkedIn. I will, I will snap you out of that.
2: Yes, <laughs> I believe it.
0: <laughs> Lori Armstrong, thank you so much for giving us your time and your, I mean, super inspirational messages and questions. And I have all kinds of thoughts percolating and i know our our listeners and viewers do too so awesome. um, it's been a real pleasure thank you so much thank you have a great day brianna all right same to you bye, bye.
1: this has been a nurse deck production hosted by np jamie smith and rn brianna kinney or this episode was produced and edited by juan Paolo Toison and julia teliasen join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.